Hey, this is Kiran Nadar from the Sparking Entrepreneur Show, and today we have Jones Laughlin with us. Jones has made it his life's work to deliver powerful ideas and practical solutions to the individuals around the world so that they can achieve more of what is important to them. His books are described as illuminating, and his presentations are described as credible. In the past 28 years, as a speaker and coach. he has helped countless individuals gain confidence in the ability to achieve greater success in work and in life he is also a great author with some great books so let's get jones speaking now jones welcome to the show karen thank you so much for this opportunity i've been looking forward to this and i love the diversity of your audience and the fact that many of them are entrepreneurs which i'm a lifetime entrepreneur so i'm one of them i don't have it all figured out either so i'm looking forward to our conversation today So awesome awesome so now that we know that 28 years ago you started with coaching and speaking what was before that what got you into into coaching and then tell us about what got you into entrepreneurship Sure absolutely thank you my background is I'm a former middle and high school teacher so before moving into the speaking training coaching space I was a teacher and what got me into it was what drives a lot of entrepreneurs It was not money driven, it was lifestyle driven. My wife and I were both teachers and really busy and we said, is this what we want our life to be? We enjoyed teaching but wanted some flexibility, wanted some different things and and so that's what propelled me into starting down that entrepreneurial journey of being a speaker and a trainer. A fun story about that. My wife was very gracious. She said, "I'll give you 5 years to figure this out." this entrepreneurial thing out and if you don't get it figured out in 5 years you're going to go find a real job and I'm going to be the entrepreneur go do some other things so uh, I appreciate the fact that she created a little bit of motivation not in t- not pressure but motivation to take that next step wow so she is very generous with what she offered because it is very important for us entrepreneurs to find that time to figure a few things out and as you mentioned after these many years there are some bits of it you are still figuring out so let's understand what is it let's try to understand what is work life balance and how do you look at it? sure and in your sister we use that phrase work life balance and i think it's one of those phrases kind of like time management you don't manage time you manage your schedule you manage your choices you manage your energy but time can only be accounted for and and i feel the same way about work life balance is that it's not as much balance it's more about being present in the moment that you're in being fully focused on where your time and energy needs to be spent entrepreneurs know better than anyone they may have a day where they're doing a 10 hour work day because that's when the work is there and they may not be able to say what well, I'm going to work about 8 hours today I'm going to take some time for myself and I'm going to get a good 8 hours sleep tonight said no entrepreneur ever because but it's really about over the period of a week or a month beginning to see yeah I've invested quality time at work I've invested quality time in my relationships and I've also taken a a significant amount of time for me myself my personal renewal my personal wellness that drove me and my co-author Todd Music to write the book Juggling Elephants which is when you're trying to get everything done you're really busy and in that book we address work life balance like a three ring circus that you have a work ring a self ring and a relationship ring and you got to be mindful that you have acts or activities in all three of those rings to to have that work life balance as we call it sometimes so a lot about it let's try to understand all your books 
can you uh, give us a summary of all the books that you have written and when should that those be read? Sure. Juggling Ellis, as I said, is all about getting to your most important things when you feel like things are heavy. That's juggling elephants, right? That's what it feels like. And so suggestion there reading that book is anytime you just feel like I'm just not getting to the personal wellness or what I'm investing so much time in work and I'm not investing time with the relationships that are important to me. So I'd say anytime anyone wants to make better choices with their time, that's the book I would suggest they read. Always Growing is my leadership book about leading like a gardener. Being that individual who understands how to grow yourself, your team, and your organization by investing in others, by being that system force in the workplace or in your business that is always looking to grow. I mean, this whole idea of a gardener. And so if you're looking to grow your leadership or be a better manager of people, I highly suggest you get that book. Getting to It is a book that is available as a Kindle. That book is all about how to get to your important things. Gentlemen, Elephant is all about your whole life perspective in general. Getting to It is just saying, what, there's some, there's a one or two things I just can't get to. So it's a book about focus and priorities. And so if you're struggling to really drill down to what's most important, that's when I would suggest that you get that book out and, and take a look at it. Wow. So let's try to understand the client base now. What kind of client base do you generally tend to work with? What struggles do they have? And like, what are systems and processes that you usually put forth to help them move towards a better place? Sure. So let's kind of break that down into the speaking and the coaching side. I think that would be helpful. On the speaking side, a lot of organizations that have annual meetings or annual conferences, those are the ones that typically hire me. For example, I this week I was with the Tennessee Housing Association where I spoke at their annual conference. So when they're looking to help their members deal with work-life overload or improve their leadership, they would reach out to me because of my keynote speaking background. So it's a mix of trade associations, corporations, but that's the number one place that I'm used. On the coaching side, it really, I could break that down into two areas. One would be that individual coaching, those executives that are looking to take their leadership to the next level, or they're just feeling overwhelmed and want to figure all that out and to make better choices. And so that's one place that people will come to me. The other side is group coaching. I frequently am used to work with a team of people to help them better understand their strengths. How can they work more effectively together? And then also, how can they support each other when things are really busy or changing within their team or within the organization? So that would be that other space that people come to me. You ask about processes I use. It aligns really well with my books. If it's talking about work-life overload and how to, to focus, then I'm going to use the, the metaphor of the circus. You got to be the ringmaster. In other words, you got to take control of the time that you have, just like the ringmaster in a circus takes control of the acts that show up. You got to take an intermission. Circus takes an intermission for a reason, right? It takes it so that people, the audience can rest, the performers can rest. That's really critical. If that group is looking to grow the leadership of their people, then I'm going to work with them on how to, to lead like a gardener instead of a mechanic. Because so often we lead like mechanics. We Our focus is fixing things. That really doesn't help when it comes to growing your organization. And so I, again, the model would be using those things that align with uh, my books, my messaging that I've been using for years. Got it. Got it. So next question is along the lines of an intro. So entrepreneurs, as you mentioned earlier, we are always busy working towards getting that big goal. 
at times it is difficult at times it is easier to get a, a certain goal so when it is difficult when we are still working what would be your suggestions to keep that momentum going because it gets difficult when you are not going anywhere so what would be your suggestion there yeah a great question i think the first thing and i've certainly experienced it a lot of my career and even i have those moments i think the first thing is ask yourself why it's difficult is it difficult because you don't have a clear plan I think that's one of the things I find so often in people that I work with is they don't have a clear plan. And, and when I say a clear plan, the plan is not going to get you necessarily to the outcome of that. Your plan is going to get you started. And sometimes people have these, they've got step one and then they've got step 20. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. What does step two look like? And, and they've gotten so caught up thinking, oh, how am I going to get to step 20? They forgot to say, yeah, I, I haven't taken step two. And that could be something as simple as, investing a couple hours in doing some research or having a conversation with someone who's a couple years ahead of you. That's one of the big things that I find in with entrepreneurs is they have this goal of what they want to become. And then they forget, they, they want to talk to people who have been doing it 20 or 30 years. Go find someone who's been doing it maybe three years more than you, because they're going to remember what they did and what the steps were when they were at your level. I think that's key. So having that clarity of plan, clear next steps. I think it's also important to hold yourself accountable, whether it's a significant other, a business partner, somebody you talk to. I think it's important to have other people to to hold you accountable. When you tell someone, that's a verbal contract, right? That, hey, I'm going to do this thing that I need to do. I think another step for entrepreneurs is to always be part of a community. Always be part of a group that 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 you're comfortable talking with, that can hold you accountable, that can support and encourage you. That's something I started back during the pandemic a few years ago, was being more intentional about having conversations with people just to talk about the work and just to talk about how things are going and what's working. And so I have, I think, about five people each month that we have scheduled calls where we talk about how things are going, what's working for you, what are you where are you struggling a little bit? Because I find that just having that sense of community is very supportive because entrepreneurs can kind of feel like they're out there on their own. Family usually doesn't understand them because they've left some secure job to go do this thing and like, wait a minute, are you sure? And so you don't always have the full support of those immediately around you. So I think finding that group of people who can support you is incredibly important. So those are some of my initial thoughts about if it's complex, if you're not finding that motivation to take that next step. Some of the, well, here's what some of the reasons might be. Got it. So plan of action and then finding a community that can help you move around that step is something that you really uh, are an advocate of. Uh, let's get, get to understand any client success stories. So tell us about a transformation that you witnessed uh, in a client, how it happened and uh, what were some of the processes that were used. Sure. I guess couple, one is on coaching, one is on speaking. I'll take the coaching one first, was ECG Management Consultants, a healthcare consultancy group in the United States. They noticed that when their consultants were moving to the next level, like becoming senior manager or associate partner within the organization, that they had to take on more work by virtue of the role and that they were sometimes struggling a little bit because more is expected of you. And so that work-life overload. And so we developed a, a program called Sustainability Coaching, 
where when they went into that new position, they would be in that new position maybe a month or a couple months, and then I would be brought on to work with teams of four or five of them to talk with them about the workload, to help them find ways to better manage not just the work, but themselves uh, so that they didn't start that path to burnout. And so that was a tremendous success story. I really have enjoyed my relationship with that company because of helping people in a time when they're, oh, I just feel so overwhelmed. It is manageable, but you got to be intentional about it. So that would be one. The speaking side is, in fact, a, a client I currently have, Clayton Holmes. They are the number one manufactured housing company here in the United States. The fun story, someone in the organization read my book, Always Growing, a few years ago and handed it to somebody on their team to, hey, we should do a book club about, about Always Growing. And so they did that. And then it got picked up by a leadership development group within the company who said, I think this would fit well for our retail managers who work at the places where these manufactured homes are sold throughout the U.S. Well, that led into me speaking at multiple conferences with them, working with their retail managers. And since then, I have been able to work with every business unit within the company on this idea of leading like a gardener. And that's even evolved into some other training based on some concepts related to leadership, but not that direct leadership model. And it all started with someone reading the book going, hmm, wow, that's interesting. And, and I think that's got a really important point, Kieran, to your entrepreneurs who are listening. I know a lot of times, especially in my early days, I felt like, oh, is anybody paying attention? Is anybody going to want to hire me for my services? Or how do I get that, make that connection? How do I make the big sale? To use my gardening analogy, it's all about planting seeds. What did you do today to plant a seed that might take six months, a year or two years to pay off? But if you're planting enough of those, then things are going to start happening. And I can see many times in my career where that's been the case, but I got to be planning. It's not just about creating content and, and making your product or service better. It's about planting seeds in the minds of others that, hey, this would be a value. This would, and, and, and I have found that by giving content, giving presentations, and those things to organizations and then they're going, wow, I think that's got value. We might want to bring Jones into our organization. So planting seeds. And then they will eventually grow into bigger and bigger trees. And those trees will have their own seeds. And that's linked to were uh, Yeah, totally. So, George, next question is about misconceptions. What do you think are misconceptions of the, of the banks in the coaching industry these days? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I think, and I heard this yesterday. It was interesting. I was listening to someone talking about being a coach and and how they love to talk and they love to talk about talk to their clients and sometimes I, I have coaching clients who talk to me about my last coach they talked a lot the thing about coaching is my philosophy of coaching is it's coaching is designed to help you move forward in ways that are important to you and I think there's some key phrases there first of all help you move forward What's going to help you move forward? Well, if you will stop and somebody helps you think a little differently and analyze your situation a little differently by asking those right questions, I think that really helps that individual begin to move forward. And the other thing is in ways that are important to you. As a coach, I don't have an agenda of my own. My agenda is your agenda. What's important to you? And so when you ask about misconception, I think too many people have this misconception that coaching is, I'm going to meet with this person once a month. They're going to tell me three things to do, and then I'm going to come back next month and tell them how I did on those things. No, that's mentoring or training. Coaching is all about helping that person find the answers within themselves. 
I always say it's about growing the person because if you grow the person, they can handle those future challenges. But if you fix that person, try, okay, go do these three things, Kieran, and you'll be successful. That's not helpful because if those things don't work, then they got to come back to me and say, okay, Jones, what else you got? I want that person to grow their perspective, to grow their capabilities so that they can handle the next thing that's coming. I want to work myself out of a job as their coach. Yes, yes, of course. And that is very important to grow the person and not just fix the problem because a grown person can surely fix those problems by themselves. I get it. So tell us about some tips on work-life balance, like when we feel overwhelmed or when we feel that we are doing too much work or uh, what would be some of your suggestions there on what not to do? Well, I can go ahead and make, let's start with the, the obvious. What not to do is to keep doing the same thing, is to keep working. And I find that so many entrepreneurs will be just working so hard trying to make their business grow. And when I talk to them about, let's stop and let's kind of see how things are going. They just have this idea that in three months, things are going to be different or in seeing it. And then I say, well, what's going to make it different? And then they can't tell me. I think it's so critical that what you don't do is just keep doing the same things. Just keep working because that is going to lead to burnout and frustration and asking yourself, am I really capable of making this business work? I think some things to do is you always need to ask yourself, what is overloading me? What feels heavy right now? Too often we generalize, oh yeah, my business is just overwhelming me. And I will normally say, what part? What, what is it about? The oh, everything. Well, I can't help with everything. Give me one. And, and I think if people will get more focused on one thing that they can begin to work on and address, that gives you momentum and, and helps them to take that next step. Okay, I solved that issue. Now, okay, I'm going to work on this. Now I'm going to work on this. So I think it, 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 it's identifying where the pressure's at and beginning to address it. Whether it and maybe it's taking the smallest ones first, not the largest ones. The other thing, it goes back to those three rings. I think for entrepreneurs, they've really got to be cognizant that they, they, over a period of a week, if you will, are investing time, not just at work, but in relationships and for personal wellness. And that comes with establishing those routines that are so critical for entrepreneurs because it's easy just to kind of start grabbing the bright, shiny object or the urgent thing. And so I think it's about saying to yourself, okay, this week, what's something I'm going to do that will invest in me and my own personal well-being, even if it's only 30 minutes? Entrepreneurs are saying, oh, I don't have time. And I'll normally say, if I could find you 30 minutes in your week, would that be a value? Oh, yeah. Well, if most of us stopped scrolling social media and just procrastinating about something, we've got our 30 minutes a week. We might even have our 30 minutes a day, you know, there. So I, I think it's really critical to, to have personal wellness time. And then the relationship side is, is so critical. I often say to entrepreneurs that be careful that you don't alienate or neglect those relationships who are most important in supporting you in this entrepreneurial journey. They're the ones uh, who said, okay, Kieran, you go do this entrepreneurial thing and I know you're going to be busy and things. be willing to stop and say, what? You're important and I want to invest time with you because that's going to give you that energy when you're back at work to get things done. If you start neglecting those relationships, you may think you're sitting at work or standing at work, whatever it is you do in your entrepreneurship, thinking you're focusing but you could have this little voice saying, you didn't spend much time with your family this weekend, did you? Your children are growing up really fast. When are you going to spend more time with them? And, and so then it limits our ability to be effective at work because we're stressed about the fact that we didn't invest time with uh, those who are important to us. So 
Those are a couple things I think are really critical is, is number one, stopping. Uh, number two is being mindful of all three rings uh, and not just one. And then the other one I, sounds kind of strange, but it's one I heard a few years ago and I love it, is quarantine your worry. Entrepreneurs have so much to be thinking about. Cash flow, marketing, all social media, all those pieces that they know they've got to focus on. And it's really easy to start feeling those worries well up inside of and go, oh, I got to work on this, I got to do that. Gotta. Quarantine your worry is a concept I heard where you pick a time of day you're going to worry. Now, it sounds strange, but I have used it so often is that when I start feeling those worries swell up inside of me, I write them down and say, okay, tomorrow when I'm exercising, I'll worry about that. Now, that seems insane to think that way, but what it trains my brain to do is say, okay, you are going to think about it. You're not just trying to push it away. So then the next morning when I'm exercising, that's when I'll have my piece of paper and I might put on the elliptical or next to my bike or at least maybe look at the list before I exercise. And then I just kind of let my mind wander with those things. And it's amazing how giving myself that time to worry about those things, I can normally come up with a solution or a thought on how to address it. Whereas if I'm working on something and I start worrying about it, it just paralyzes and I can't work on the thing I was supposed to work on because I'm worried about this thing over here, but I can't do anything about this thing right here because I need to be working on the thing over here. So quarantine your worry. That's a phrase that I hope your entrepreneurs will take away from our time together. Wow. So many things that you've just mentioned are very literal to an entrepreneur and anyone who is able to listen to this conversation must have gotten so many insights about how to avoid burnouts and how to become a more calm and slowly successful entrepreneur for sure. So now tell us about, let's say somebody wants to contact you. So what are some ways they should know about? First place, of course, is my website, joneslaughlin.com. There's everything there from sample videos to my blog, where I talk about the things like work-life balance, leadership development, those types of things. Also, since we are in the business space, I know a lot of your entrepreneurs are trying to build connection. I put out a lot of content on LinkedIn and find that that works really well for me to build those relationships that eventually will probably turn into some type of business opportunity. And even if it doesn't, there's wisdom that I learn every day by going on LinkedIn. So I would love for them to go to Dan and just type in Jones Laughlin and it'll pop up and let's connect. Let's work through that. Also with that, and I will say this, is that I always love talking to entrepreneurs if they're kind of stuck or want to figure something out. So they can either through my website or through LinkedIn message me. Let's have a conversation I, because I learned from you and you learned from me. And so I would invite your listeners to do that as well. Awesome. Awesome. And one of the simplest way to reach out to him is, of course, his website, jonesloughlin.com. Again, final question for the day, what to do? What are the action steps? What do you suggest the listener does after hearing this conversation? Sure. Wow. Let me think so much. I think the first thing I would suggest to your listeners is to evaluate on a scale of one to 10, how they're doing in those three areas of their life. One being poor, 10 being excellent. Ask yourself this question. How am I doing in the work area? I would call it ring, but how am I doing in the work area of my life? One to 10. Okay that I would do the same thing for myself. I'd say, how am I doing in the self area, my personal wellness, my habits, my spirituality, my physical health, my mental health, scale of one to 10. And then same thing for relationships. And as you get that scale, as you get those answers, if one's pretty low, in fact, address the one that's lowest and say, what is something I could start doing? Some small I could start doing to address that area of my life that would cause that number over time to trend up. 
to get better. Something small. Notice I said small there. If you're saying, I just don't have time for myself, okay? Could you find three minutes in the morning to get a cup of tea or coffee or something that when you first get out of bed, don't start by looking at your phone, all the urgent messages and social media and those things. But what if you made a cup of tea and then you just went and stood in front of a window for three minutes and just kind of, how would that make your day different? So again, I think that there's simple strategies like that for any one of those three areas. But I think that's really key. You got to stop and address how things are going before you can figure out what changes you want to make. So that's my big advice, I guess you'd say, as far as next steps for your listeners. Thank you so much. And one question to you about that is how often that that rating thing could be done? Would it be uh, once a month, like every two months, once a week? What, how often? So that we, we have gotten. I think the busier you are as an entrepreneur, the more often you should be checking in on yourself. Because that's when you need every bit of your physical, mental, and emotional energy available for where it needs to be. And if you're really busy and, and for example, at work and you're just really pushing, trying to get so much done and you just feel like you're hitting a wall because I'm just not creative like I normally, or I'm just not uh, focused like I normally, it's really critical. Stop and go, wait a minute, what's keeping me from focusing? And sometimes you go, yeah, I haven't had a decent meal in two days. I've been living off of coffee and crackers or something because I've got to get this project done. Sometimes it may be if I spent time with Kieran, Kieran's always such a positive person and I miss Kieran. I miss having conversations with him. That may be what you need more than trying to push through the project. It's just a great 30 minute conversation with Kieran. So when you finish, you go, feel better about myself now. And then you can have more energy available to go focus on the work. So answer to your question, the busier you are, the more often. General rule of thumb, I like to do it once a week. I like to, my reflection time, usually on Saturday morning or Sunday morning, that's when I'll sit, reflect on some notes from my journal and decide how are things going? Because that also helps me make changes for the next week. Wow. So many insights in this compact amount of time that we had today. So Jones, thank you so much for such a great conversation. And this this tells us where you get your knowledge from, of course, your 28 years and more years of experience that you have gotten. So thank you again for such a great conversation and transformations that they may need from this conversation. Thank you, Kira, and I am so uh, grateful to be a part of your podcast today. And in fact, you didn't ask me one question I was ready for. Because I've listened to some of your other ones, you ask a question about what's something you would like for your listeners or to take to take to their grave. So yes, yes. so I got to give it to you. I mean, I worked hard on it. So very simply, it comes from Jay Shetty's book, Think Like a Monk, a phenomenal book. I'm sure you're familiar with it. But in that book, he has a quote that I keep in mind all the time: "Don't judge the moment. We waste so much time and energy wishing a moment were different or wishing it were better." or trying to make something out of it. It doesn't mean we shouldn't be striving for excellence, but don't judge the moment. Enjoy it. Embrace it. Find what's of value there in every moment because life is too short. So there's your bonus for today. And this is surely going to with me to my grave. I have noted it down inside my brain and uh, I have engraved it actually. So Jones, thank you so much for the bonus tip and thank you so much for such a great conversation. Again, guys, one of the best ways of reaching out to Jones is his website, joelsloflin.com. It is spelled as J-O-N-E-S-O-F-L-I-N.com. So, Jones, thank you again. And My pleasure. I am your host, Kiran Nagral, signing off. You guys take care. Bye, guys.